Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one size fits all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your hosts, Dana and Shayna. Today, we are recording a solo episode, just us two. Just because we want to talk about emotional grounding and just some of the things that we're observing right now. As many of you probably know, we are in Venus retrograde until the beginning of September, September 3rd. Yeah. And it's in Leo and we're in Leo season. And I think a lot of people are feeling it really intensely. And we've just been observing in the readings that we've been doing and just in our lives in general and all of the various clients that we see, how emotionally grounding or being emotionally grounded is so important, especially as we're going into this new paradigm and understanding our emotions better and having more awareness, having more emotional intelligence and how that connects us to our soul and our spirit and our energy and how using our energy in a different way that honors our emotions is a big part of how we're here to alchemize how we've currently been using our energy. So we're going to get into all of that and just our favorite observations and tips that we've really seen for helping understand our emotions and honor our emotions. But I've been feeling with this Venus retrograde pretty grateful, actually. Like I've been feeling really, it's a time where I'm getting to go inward and work on my body, like my health and my energy levels and my own emotions. Right now I've been doing this, um, the Prime Master Protocol, which if any of you listened to our podcast with Dr. Cleopatra about fertility and uh, working with our our fertile energy. I've been doing her four-month primester program since that podcast came out. And in this journey, right now I'm doing this 21-day scrub that is so intense. It's like a scrub (laughs) of your like cells, basically. So I'm doing coffee enemas and castor oil packs every single day. I'm doing... I'm going to the infrared sauna like twice a week. I just got a lymph massage yesterday, which was my first time ever getting one. And it was so awesome, but also crazy. I just didn't know what to expect. And what that's, was not it like? her, that's not in her protocol, but I just was like, you know what? I'm detoxing and I've been wanting to drain my lymph. So let me go get a lymph drainage massage. And it was awesome, right? It was so great. I could feel them moving everything around. And afterwards, I literally felt like I was walking on a cloud. I felt so light and everything. And then by the time I got home, it was in LA. So I had like an hour and a half drive home. I was so tired that literally I felt like I could barely lift my arms to look at my phone. Like you were texting me, people were texting me, emails were happening. It was like my eyes, like I couldn't even look at anything. I turned on just music and I laid on the couch and just laid there and slept. And then I felt like I had flu symptoms all night, like sore throat, achy body, headache. So I was looking it up and it was saying that that's really common when you get a lymph massage because your deep body's detoxing and that it's, it's a good sign that it's going through, through detoxing. But I am just in this scrub, I'm realizing it's kind of cool because I'm seeing how much I have to detox, like my skin's been breaking out, which you can have detox breakouts where it's literally like your skin's trying to get rid of all these toxins. And so now you're breaking out. Anyways, so I'm just detoxing kind of space. And it's kind of perfect for Venus retrograde because I'm getting to love my body up from like the inside out and hit reset a little bit and reflect like, okay, what's been serving me, what's not. And I'm eating really healthy and I'm exercising and I'm 
putting my body through the ringer, but just for 21 days. And then I'll just go back, like keep eating healthy and feel really good. So that's where I'm at in this Venus retrograde. And then everyone else around me that I'm observing, like friends and family and whatever, seems like, especially the people who don't have awareness that this is Venus retrograde or even awareness of their own energy, like shit's hitting the fan. Like (laughs) things feel really intense in their world. Um, And I'm just kind of holding space and, you know, focusing on myself. But how is Venus retrograde going for you? Yeah. Well, first of all, that detox you're doing is like a full-time job. Like there's so many steps, but I love that you're passionate about it. And I love that you're like making a lot of discoveries and observations in it. I think that's super cool. And Um, she said like you basically like you're really privileged if you can do this scrub because it requires so much time and like you need to have a flexible schedule to be able to like really commit to this and that way. And I am like, okay, I'm not an expert. Like I wish somebody could hop in my body <laughs> like an <laughs> alien and do all the work for me. And then I can just wake up and focus on my actual expertise anyways. So it's just so funny that you said that because it's true. It is a job. It's true. Yeah. For me, so Venus retrograde, Venus in Leo, Venus is in Leo in my natal chart. So I am a Venus in Leo bitch. Like I live for Venus in Leo energy. That is my energy. So I've been feeling like on top of the world actually, but I've been definitely noticing the people in my life, the close people in my life really kind of struggling and things just feeling a bit more challenging and rocky and kind of those calls from the universe to just stop for a second, to go within, to really focus on reflecting in that area, that Venus area of what you value, what you think is beautiful, what you truly love, what, you know, all of that stuff. But for me, we just celebrated Jared and I, our eight year wedding anniversary the other day. And I didn't realize this, but the last time Venus was retrograde in Leo was when we got married eight years ago. Oh my God. I know. So cool. So wow. For me, it brought back a lot of feelings of our wedding, which honestly, like I think our relationship is one of the biggest blessings in my life. And it's just so like special and I feel so grateful. And so in this like Venus and Leo time, you know, with it being retrograde, reminding me of the last retrograde of when we got married eight years ago. So we've just been like really celebrating our love and celebrating life and celebrating the beauty of the nature all around us and swimming every day and walking in the forest and watching every sunset and every sunrise together. So for me, it's just been really good, but I have been taking that time to kind of not be so productive or out in the world, but to focus more on that like inner love within, stoking that and building that and feeling it and allowing the specialness of it to really like fill my days and kind of like lift you out of the negative negativity that we can go through sometimes when things are challenging. You know, like any retrograde that's like an inner planet, there's always going to be these moments where things are a little bit more challenging. And then we can naturally be like, well, this is hard and I don't like it. But if we can focus on all of the beauty that's in this life and all of the love that we get to feel, it instantly kind of elevates you. And I feel like it helps you navigate those challenges with so much more gratitude. It's like exactly what you were saying. I've been feeling so grateful, like grateful for it all. Grateful for the heartbreak in life, grateful for the challenges, like grateful for all of it and finding the love and the beauty in all of it. Yeah, same. I feel really, really grateful. And It's so interesting that you've been going on this like celebration, exploratory, like watching every sunset and sunrise, like outward, right? Mm -hmm. Like going out into the world vibe. And I've been like literally going inside of my cells, like the (laughs) smallest place I could be, (laughs) but still exploring and having gratitude and like love and connection and like just a deeper observation and awareness, like you observing the world and the beauty in the world and like me observing it, the beauty of my like cells inner and world. inner world and body, like literally, and we're always fucking polarized, polarized. like we're never not. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so just feels like, of course, <laughs> I think that people think that we talk all the time and we know what what we're doing all the time, which 
isn't not true, but also there's so much that you do that I have no idea. Like I'm not a part of, and then same on my end. And then Uh we connect and we're like, oh shit, we're exact opposites once again. We have to pencil in time, like always, to just connect and catch up because when we are connecting normally, it's like getting things done and what projects are we working on and is everything covered and how is our Day Luna team doing and like all of that stuff. So we have to like pencil in uh, moments. And sometimes we wait to do it on the podcast, which is really fun. We get to share it with you. And Shana, we, I've talked about this before, but Shana is hardcore about making me wait. Like, I'm not telling you till we're on the podcast. I'm like, bitch, <laughs> I'm going to die in anticipation. So <laughs> I love that we get to share it with you all. And you know, something else I've been thinking of, my mom got Jared this like really beautiful birthday card because his birthday was in July and it has this turtle art on it and this turtle ancient Buddhist story on it that <gasps> has changed my whole week, I want to say. I wanted to say life, but you know. Hey, that's look. so you. <laughs> <laughs> but listen to this. Okay, so this poem is called Breath. In all of the oceans in the world lives one ancient sea turtle. She dives to the bottom of the ocean, and once every 100 years, she swims back up to the surface for a single breath of air. And in all of the oceans on the world, on the surface, there floats one small piece of wood with a hole in it. What do you suppose the chances are that when the sea turtle rises to the surface for a breath of air, that she sticks her head through the hole in that wood, as rare as the chance of a precious human life? Isn't that so good? So that has been my theme of this week. Like all out of all of the people that want to come incarnate on this earth, you got a chance to be here. And I was also looking into like the science of you getting to have the mother and the father that you have and your specific DNA and the probability of you existing at all comes out to one in 10 to the 2,684. Five thousandth power. So uh, yeah, a aka means nothing to me. But I mean, basically, <laughs> but like it means like literally so so small. Basically, the odds of you being alive are zero. Yeah, and yet here you are, and like the fact that we get to live this life as us, and that we get the opportunity to fully express and realize who we are in this one lifetime that we'll only get to live this one lifetime on this plane in this timing. I mean, when you start to think about life that way, I feel like it totally transforms. Once again, that feeling of like, oh, this is challenging. This sucks. Like I didn't choose to be here. When you realize how special and rare and sacred your life is and the fact that you get to be here, I feel like it just changes everything. Like it changes the way that you move through your day. Yeah. Wow. I love that poem. Is it a poem or a a story? Yeah. I have full body chills. And also that feeling of like, I don't know if I want to do this thing because is it going to be a success? It's like, literally, why else are you here? Yeah. Like you made it through zero odds. Like why? Like why? Totally. And I feel like there's just so many people on this planet that when you really think about how many people there are, it's overwhelming. And it makes you feel like your path is not special and your life is not special. And there's no way that you're actually unique and that what you do matters, right? That like bigness can make us feel sometimes overwhelmed and lost. But when we realize how special we are, how unique we are, like these odds that we get to be here in this body with this design and this purpose at this time, like it's just so special. It makes you feel like, okay, let's freaking do this shit then because I didn't come here for no reason, right? Like yeah. it's like winning the winning the cosmic lottery to be here in this lifetime and to get a chance to see what you can co-create, to see what you can do with the gifts that you have in this time that you have. Like it really kind of kickstarts that feeling. So, and it's so cool because we're doing this kiss goodbye your nine to five program right now. We just started it's week one and there are so many amazing individuals in this program and getting to read their stories of their intentions around really wanting to like 
utilize their gifts and like say no to sacrificing their energy just for a career and for finances, but to really kind of like say yes to who they really are. I'm just feeling so inspired by that. And it's so freaking cool to be connected to all those individuals who are saying yes to that journey. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, gosh, sorry, I was just watching my dog, both dogs watch a butterfly out of the window as if it was like the most majestic thing ever. And as you're talking about like the opportunity to be alive and then I'm witnessing the magic of the dog and then the butterfly. And then also everything you're saying about these these students and like really taking life by, by the horns, that's not the phrase. But it's not the bull by the horns. Yeah, but like life life by by the horns. Taking life by the I don't know. I'm not really okay. Well, literally (laughs) everyone in this program is, and it's it's just I can't help but feel like the time is now. If not now, when? And you're the only one who's here to live your life. So let's live it, right? Like live your life. And part of that, I mean, nothing that we're talking about right now leads well into our topic, but (laughs) part of living life is being emotionally grounded. (laughs) Yeah. So with this topic of being emotionally grounded, like as Shana was saying in the beginning, we find that this is one of the most important takeaways from human design is actually understanding your emotional center yeah, and learning how to take responsibility for processing your emotions in the highest expression so that you allow yourself to grow and evolve and become a better version, a deeper version, a more compassionate version, a more wise version of yourself instead of not knowing how to process your emotions, not having that awareness. And then those emotions get stuck in your body and like come out in this contorted lower expression way where you end up projecting kind of like these negative things onto people in your life. So with Venus retrograde, this is obviously a time where your love and your relationships are coming into focus. So in this time where things are a little bit, you know, that retrograde energy of being slowed down, maybe challenges are arising, making sure that you're reflecting, making sure that you're having time for introspection. This is a great time to really think about the emotions that you're having the emotions you're experiencing learning how to really understand them and process them so that you can show up in your relationships as a pillar of love, as a pillar of acceptance and understanding, instead of getting kind of swept up by the things that you're feeling and with a lack of awareness and then, you know, kind of worsening the effects, if you will, of a retrograde time. Yeah. And in general, having awareness of your emotions, whether you are emotionally defined or not, um, if you have an emotional wave or not, it helps you to be less reactionary to life and more observant and accountable and empowered in life. And I, you know, it does go with what we're talking about of, of taking life by the horns of being empowered in your life. And whether that's being empowered to change your life, change something that you don't like, or being empowered to feel life more deeply, but in a grounded way. I was watching something last night that was talking about, you know, anxious attachment style. And it was saying how you can really, um, if you have that attachment style, you associate love with intensity and that you feel that things have to be intense to be love. And that word intense, right? Intensity. I think that we have so much of our greatest growth and like moments that really stick with us when we do feel intense emotions, right? But the awareness of, oh, this is an intense emotion and not then reacting to it, but having awareness and letting yourself feel it. I think that that's the key. So when it comes to being, you know, emotionally grounded, we're not saying don't have intense emotions or don't, I don't think that there's anything wrong with, with, uh, having or desiring intensity in life, because there's definitely parts of your chart where you want the fantasy swept off your feet, intense things. Of course, then it can teeter off of security and into anxious attachment style or avoidant attachment style, right? But having that secure attachment style 
I think really looks like having awareness of what your emotions are and what other people's emotions are and how it's feeling in your body without blame, without judgment, and without that reaction, intense, out of control kind of heightened feeling. But I like talking about emotions because Dana and I have such different perspectives or different lived experiences because Dana has an emotional wave and I don't. And so having awareness of who in your family has an emotional wave, I think that's a really good place to start with having feeling grounded, more grounded emotionally, and then having awareness of what emotions feel like in your own body, whether that's defined or undefined. I think that's kind of like the second place to start, if that makes sense. What would you say when it comes to having an emotional wave versus not and being emotionally grounded? Yeah. So first of all, if you're listening and you don't know if you have a defined emotional center or not, we recommend that you take your chart out and um, identify that first as you follow along so that you can listen to the kind of the tips and the things that we talk about. So in if you're looking at your body graph, first of all, in the written categories, you'll see your authority. If you have emotional authority, then that means that you have an emotional wave. It means you have a defined emotional center or solar plexus center. If you don't have emotional authority, then you have that undefined. And if you're looking at your body graph, it's the the bottom right triangle. Um, If that's undefined or white in your chart, then you have an undefined emotional center or an undefined solar plexus. So if you are an emotional authority person and you have this emotional wave like I do, you know, approximately half of the world has this and approximately the other half doesn't. So this is a huge divide, right? That's why it's kind of so cool that Shana and I have this experience of being like on the two opposite ends because we get to not only experience our own, you know, internal experience, but also experience each other and have that dynamic in our relationship. I think it's crucial. So with having an emotional wave, your emotional wave is something that is an intrinsic part of you. It's such an important part of your life path. I almost think of my emotional wave as like a spirit guide or like a teacher or a person in my life that I have a relationship with. And, you know, having this emotional highs and lows, it's here to help you feel. It's here to help you deepen and become more resilient, more compassionate, to feel more. So it's important to know that if you have an emotional wave, you also have regular emotions that are in reaction to things in your life. Like let's say something good happens and you feel happy because of that, or something sad happens and you feel sad because of that. That's happening if you have an emotional wave. But also on top of that, In addition to that, you have this random wave. It could be the best day ever and all of these amazing things are happening, but you're on a low in your wave. And I think having that awareness and relationship with your wave is so, so important. And if you're like me, I'm the only one in my family that has an emotional wave. And I grew up with a family of six people. And also my husband doesn't have an emotional wave either. He's an undefined solar plexus. So in my life, I think the conditioning was really that I was the most dramatic one and that I was kind of unpredictable and that I was like too sensitive and that like, why are you crying over, you know, nothing. And so there was a lot of conditioning from a young age that emotions were bad. And, you know, without having this awareness, everyone in my family was taking in my emotional wave and then amplifying that and feeling it more intensely than I am. So it often felt like as a kid kind of being blamed for something that I put in quotes, didn't do. Like it's just is, or it's just happening. And then other people were making a bigger deal of it than me. And so I think a lot of people with an emotional wave have felt some form of that dynamic. And that's what causes us to disassociate from our wave, to feel like our wave is something bad or something shameful or something that we'd prefer not to feel. Because in large, our society really puts an emphasis on being consistent is good. And, you know, being 
all one note, kind of being always neutral is good. And if you have an emotional wave, you're not designed to be consistent. You're designed to be up and down and riding that wave and surfing that flow. And it doesn't matter whether everything is constantly good in your life or not. Although how could it be for anyone really? But it's like, even if everything is good, you're designed to have these ups and downs. So if we disassociate from our wave, because we think it's a shadow aspect of ourselves, that is going to cause so much disruption in our one-on-one relationships and in all of our relationships. You know, at the time when I didn't have true awareness of my wave, when I would be in a low in my wave, you know, feeling these low emotions and feeling sad or feeling upset, um, that feeling felt uncomfortable because it came out of nowhere and it feels like You have to create something in your life to make sense, to have it make sense of why you're feeling this way. So in so many of my past relationships, when I was in a low, I would pick a fight for literally no reason, just so that I could create a situation that equaled the emotional low I was feeling because of my wave. So my number one tip for anyone with an emotional wave is check in to see if you have any shadow about completely owning and loving your wave. And if you do, is that shadow causing you to disassociate from your wave, to try not to feel your wave, to try to lessen your wave? Because anything that we disassociate from, that we turn our backs to, and that we keep in our shadow only grows bigger. And it's kind of ironic by allowing ourselves to feel our wave even more by wanting to feel our wave, we actually decrease um, the impact that the wave has on our lives. It's like any time that you're not aware of your wave, it can kind of like take charge and surprise you. It can kind of take the lead in all of your conversations and all of your experiences. But if you are allowing yourself to feel it, it becomes a part of you instead of something that's taking over you and causing kind of disruption in your life. So by the way that you start to feel your wave more is just by simply having awareness of it. We talk about this a lot in readings, but I like to journal about my wave and track it. But the main thing is on a daily on a daily basis, checking in several times throughout your day to ask yourself, where am I on my wave? And if you are someone who has really disconnected yourself from your wave, or maybe the channel that creates your emotional wave is unconscious in your chart, it can be kind of a process to allow yourself to feel it again. And that feels scary because it's like, well, right now I don't feel my wave at all. So that's a good thing, right? So why would I want to feel it more? But it is about knowing that the more you allow yourself to feel your wave, the easier your relationships are going to be because you'll have awareness of what's going on within instead of trying to project those things into your relationships or into conversations you're having. So when you are on a low on your wave, and let's say it's a really dramatic low, what are some things that you do to help you still feel grounded in that place Um, Even when you notice that your husband or your friends or other people might be amplifying your wave, what are some of the things that you do and experience? Yeah. So first of all, I want to say that uh, there's a difference between being on a low on your wave and being in on a crash on your wave. Those are really different things. So depending on which emotional wave you have, you have like a specific kind of trigger point that can happen that can cause a really deep crash. If you don't know yours, you can check out our book, Your Human Design. We go through them there. And that's a great way to kind of look and see. But if you're on a crash in your wave, um, it is so important to to know that you just have to ride through it. And it's not a great time to resolve conflict because you're in this low that it can be so painful that you're not really seeing clearly. And there's a big opportunity there to say things that are super hurtful that you don't mean. So if you're on a crash in your wave, because you've kind of uh, haven't navigated that trigger properly and have been triggered, the biggest tip I would say is don't try to resolve conflict in that space. Instead, try to communicate what you're feeling and that you need space and that you need to ride through what you're feeling before you can come back and have a clear conversation. And just be really mindful of the words that you say in that space because you can't take those hurtful words back and they're not necessarily your truth. In fact, they're not your truth at all, right? So that's the first thing. But when you're on a low on your wave, this is something that happens whether you, you know, 
even if you're in the highest expression of your energy, you're always designed to be on lows at your wave in certain points. And I think that when you're in a low, for me, it's all about feeling it. It's all about expressing the low that you feel. So, you know, we hear a lot about when someone's low, like putting on happy song to try to like, you know, program yourself out of that low and and force yourself to move on. But instead, what I like to do when I'm on a low is put on a sad song that makes me cry or a movie that makes me cry and to really express that low that I'm feeling in a healthy way and to allow myself to fully explore it and feel it. And so with your partners and, you know, the close people in your life, it's so important to communicate that you're on that low in your wave and to let them know, like, I'm I'm wanting to express this. I'm wanting to feel this. And either I'm taking space or I'm doing things in this way. But I think that expression and then communication are like the two biggest um, tips for navigating that low. Whereas for the crash, it's all about, you know, trying not to communicate too much, except for it, like in a clear way saying that you need space to ride that low. Yeah, I love that. And I think that... Um having awareness of yourself and what you're feeling with any defined center, but of course with your, with a defined emotional center is like the greatest gift that you can give other people and ultimately give yourself to feel that you have your own back because you do and that you've got this and that you can feel what you're feeling and you're safe to do so. And, you know, from the other perspective of having an undefined emotional center, I've really observed that you can kind of get addicted to amplifying other people's emotions, meaning you can watch something or be around someone who's always emotionally charged and feel like this is what life is. This is life is juicy. Life is intense. Once again, life is passionate. Um, or charged in some way. And if you don't have awareness that you're amplifying other people's emotions, you can feel really bipolar. You can feel really um, like just emotionally unhealthy or confused. And you can feel confused around what emotions are yours or others, meaning you don't have awareness that you have this undefined emotional center. So let's say it's about a certain decision that you're making, you are feeling emotionally charged and then the next day you're not and you can feel confused of we're like, why did I feel that emotional charge yesterday but not today over the same topic, over the same decision or what have you. And I've observed a lot with people who have this, this undefined First of all, they come across as the most emotional person in the room because they're amplifying whatever emotions they're picking up. And they can come across as a little unsteady, if that makes sense, um, or unreliable emotionally because they're just going from charge to charge to charge. Now, the opposite can also be true where someone with an undefined emotional center is super neutral and is just in their own lane. Maybe they're not as connected to other people in some way. They're afraid of emotions. They're avoiding confrontation. They're avoiding conflict. And I think that the healthy point to be is in letting yourself feel people, but then observing in your body what it feels like. Because I can feel a heightened emotion from someone and not react outwardly in how I'm responding to people and how I'm sharing or creating or snapping at people. I can feel it now. And and almost like with my awareness, choose to act from a place of, of consciousness versus not having consciousness there, if that makes sense. And it's so funny, you know, I think the best places to observe this is in a family dynamic or in a friend group where some people have defined emotions and some people don't. And you can see between two undefined people how one person can be supercharged and reactive and explosive and the other person can be 
breathing through it and <laughs> kind of going through those those contractions, if you will, or like going through the emotions without having such a reactionary place with it. Um, so I think that being undefined, the the grounding really comes through knowing that if something didn't directly happen to you, something good or bad for you to be feeling this emotion, then you're most likely amplifying it from someone else. And it's not so easy to know who you're amplifying it from necessarily, but that you are amplifying some emotions. And then it can be helpful, but sometimes it can't. You kind of have to gauge to say, oh, I'm amplifying some emotions right now. Like these aren't mine. I watched something. I overheard something. I was around someone. Like it's okay. I'm I'm just feeling life more deeply, but it's a passing thing. And there can be a tendency to want to hold on to whatever emotion you felt because it felt good or because it felt so intense that it made it feel like you're special or you're now you have a story like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. depressed or oh, I'm you know, whatever, um, holding on to it and identifying it and keeping yourself in the amplified version of someone else's emotion. And <laughs> that's important to note that you being undefined, you are meant to feel it and then come back to your neutral. And if something didn't happen to you, it doesn't mean you're bipolar, doesn't necessarily mean you're depressed or that you have some, uh, something wrong with you, but allowing yourself to feel that and then come back to and clear out and come back to your neutral is really important. And I'm not saying that, you know, these different mental health, not, I don't want to say disorders, but experiences aren't real because they absolutely are. However, as we're moving into this new paradigm, it's all about understanding our emotions and our all of our capacity to have depression, anxiety, bipolar, um, any, I put in quotes, mental disorder. We all have the capacity to feel that whether you have an emotional wave or you don't. And the intelligence, the wisdom, the insight, the feeling of life that you get from that space, but only through observing it having awareness of it and then letting it go, whether it was your amplification or your wave, whatever, that is the the intelligence that you're building over time, the resilience, the insight, the wisdom that you're here to share and impart and connect and teach things on. So I just want to encourage you, if you have an undefined emotional center, to start noticing what emotions feel like in your body and when they come in. So watch a movie that maybe is emotionally charged. And when you feel that welling up of like, oh my God, I'm just going to cry right now. What does that feel like in your body? It might be like warmth in your chest or like your heart's racing um, or your throat's tightening and like uh, burning. Noticing what it feels like in your body. And when you switch that awareness to like, what does this feel like in my body? It no longer is focused on what's wrong? Let me fix this problem. It's more so focused on like, interesting, this is what this feels like. And that's where that like shift can happen. And if you are defined emotionally, I encourage you to practice with really tracking your wave, like Dana was saying, checking in a few times a day and communicating your wave. Saying, to your friends or family or kids, I'm just on a, in a low for no reason. And it's great. Or I'm just in a high for no reason. And it's great. And communicating that so that way other people feel like you're okay with your wave makes them feel like they're okay with their wave because of course, or with their openness of amplifying your wave. Um, because if you have any center defined, you are an energetic leader in that space. So when you are communicating your own awareness, you naturally teach and guide other people to have more awareness in this instance with this emotional center. So while we're all here to lead, if you have emotional authority, you are here to lead with your emotional intelligence and you do so through letting yourself feel it, tracking it, having awareness of it and communicating what you need to be supported emotionally. 
And that obviously in turn helps teach your friends, your family, your kids, how to have more emotional intelligence and safety and groundedness in their emotions as well. So one is through like observing how it feels in your body. And the other is like owning the fact that you're here to be a leader in this way and letting yourself feel it and have more, the more awareness you have, the more awareness the world will have, which is pretty awesome just to be able to see your impact in such a like personal, small way. Yeah. It's interesting with anything in human design, when you first hear about it, like, okay, if you have a defined solar plexus, then you're an emotional person. And if you're an undefined solar plexus and you're a non-emotional, and that seems really clear. But when we talk about it more in more depth, we realize neither one of those two uh, opposing types are more or less emotional. They're both full of emotions. It's just they process emotions in such such a different way. They receive or they transmit those emotions. They are a, you know, way shower transmitting the energy that they have in that emotional center if they're defined or they're receptive and empathetic if they're undefined. So neither one is actually less or more emotional. We all experience such powerful emotions. And even if you are undefined, let's say, and don't have an emotional wave, you are still completely impacted by all of the emotional waves of all of the half of the planet around you. So it's like, whichever one you are, we are designed to interact. Where does It's not only our journey, it's then how we impact other people, taking responsibility for that. So it's just such a powerful place for us to really know this about ourselves. And for me, it's like, I can't wait until in a kindergarten class, we're teaching this and Ugh. you know showing all the children like this this is how emotions come to you. Here's the things that you can say. Here's the tools that you have. Here's how you can process this and have language to this. Like that would change our world. And when we do readings, like family readings for um, for parents who have a children child with an emotional wave, it makes me cry because it just feels like this act of just evolution and spiritual up level to understand one another on this way on this this way and. It's so funny, you know, when we talk about being emotionally mature, being emotionally responsible, I would say that those two things are being emotionally grounded. It's like when we really understand ourselves and we can take responsibility for processing in the way that we do without projecting that or, you know, having it come out in some contorted, twisted way in our relationships, that is the most beautiful act of service that we can do to not only evolve as as an individual, but also to help our relationships and to give that love. So this single act of just focusing on this realm in the next month or so, while we're still in this Venus retrograde, I really believe is the most helpful thing that we can do. Yeah. It's all about accountability. And I think that so much of our hurt and pain in the world is through blame or blaming ourselves, blaming others, blaming the world, um, blaming our circumstances, or through feeling misunderstood, misunderstanding ourselves, feeling misunderstood by our partner or our friends or family or boss, or nobody could understand what it feels like. Um, And that then leads to a lot of violence and uh, heartbreak and uh, contorted meanness. And it's not from a place of like, this person was right or that person was wrong. It's through a place of not understanding our emotions and emotions being scary or being misunderstood or being held onto and now contorted and turned into something that you're forcing to happen in your life. And so, you know, when we talk about this, this new paradigm and we talk about how our collective is shifting. We can see it already with how we are giving vocabulary, bigger vocabulary, vocabulary, like it's popular. (laughs) Um, Well, it kind of is, um, to mental health. And, you know, Gen Z is really bringing in so much awareness there. TikTok's bringing in so much awareness there. And we're really growing rapidly with just giving languaging to things that are felt in our human experience in general. But as we keep growing in this emotional center keeps individualizing and and expanding and uh, fine-tuning as we go into this new paradigm, I think we're going to see a lot of the ways in which we work shift. 
like right now and leading up to now, we've been really working with our sacral centers and committing or getting uh, taken advantage of in our sacrals. And there's a lot of wounding that we have to heal there around feeling like we're, we don't have autonomy over our own bodies and how we choose to work and show up. And now as we shift into this solar plexus becoming more uh, and more prevalent in our humanity, in society, in the collective, I think that it's going to be with working a lot more through the emotional energy that we have because the emotional center has energy. And so that emotional energy that we have, I think is released through our awareness of our emotions and it's released. Well, actually I want to say that emotional energy is released all the time, but if you have awareness of it, it's channeled in a way that is beneficial for humanity versus being released in a way that is harmful towards humanity, like blame and separation and amplifying and then, you know, making a decision that is harmful to communities or other people or other countries even. So I highly encourage you to sit with your emotions, to start feeling them and noticing what it feels like in your body, to start tracking your emotional wave if you have it, because as we're moving forward into the future, the more emotional intelligence and accountability and groundedness that you can have, the more groundedness you're going to have as all these changes take place. And some of them might be scary. Some of them might be unknown and new and confusing, but you will feel grounded because you understand what you're feeling and you're not projecting it then onto other people or finding a reason why you're feeling and then blaming. So... It's so interesting. You know, yesterday I was listening to this uh, Prime Master Protocol thing and with that I love, by the way, if anybody's interested, I highly recommend you check out her work. She's amazing. But in one of the live calls, I was re-watching one of the Zooms while I was driving and I was skipping forward to, to a question that I really wanted an answer to. And the que- the question that I was skipping over was talking about... Um, how can we like rebel against the hurt that we've seen in the world, um, specifically against minorities? And this was back recorded back at the time with the George Floyd protests. And so I was just hearing little clips of what she was saying because I was skipping ahead. And it was like, eh. But the uh, uh, like that, and literally, I started bawling, bawling, crying, just hearing those little bits of clips from that question because it was so emotionally charged. And then I was amplifying it and like full body chills, crying, and like I'm, without audibly being able to understand what they're saying, you could feel the emotion from what they were saying. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And I wasn't even hearing, I just saw on the screen because she had slides up the question written there. And then I heard the passion in her voice just through those little like blurbs every 10 seconds that I was skipping. And I was like, wow, like emotion is energy. And I'm feeling it even without words, even without, you know, hearing her perspective. Um, and I'm now amplifying and feeling this in my body. And it was so intense and powerful. And it was familiar because an emotion that I felt many times throughout um, the the injustice in this world. And I felt in that moment, like I could go home right now and feel like the world sucks, fuck the world, like, I could take that out on my husband. I could take that out on my dogs even. Like, don't, like, whatever, right? I could choose to do that. But, and and a past, past version of me would. And it was just this moment yesterday of like, I would never do that now. Like, I, I could and I have in the past, but I just, it, I'm at such a different point of awareness with what emotions feel like in my body and when something is mine or not, that it's not something that shakes me from my day or my relationships in any way. It just adds to 
my depth of being able to feel life, but not have my my core shaken, not have it unground me. And it was really great because obviously now we're having this conversation, but I was I was just thinking about that as then I'm driving and and it was just so interesting. Our capacity to amplify is huge because everything is energy and emotions are energy. And then choosing with your powerful energy. Yeah. Choosing with your mind, your awareness to not let it control your life or your day, but just to be a flavor that's added to your day and, and insight and wisdom and learning from it. I think that that's like, I just felt really, um, like it was a moment of, wow, I've really come a long way in my own understanding of what emotions feel like in my body from, you know, seven years ago or or whenever, when I would literally come home and be like, fuck the world, like fuck yeah. everything. Everyone's going to die. We're all going to die. I give up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, it kind of just reminds me of like when you're saying emotions are energy and like that energy is so powerful and like it's so real, right? Like on an electromagnetic plane, our emotions are energy that is powerful and that is moving us. And we're we're not taught that. We're taught that like our emotions are something that only happen internally. And it's just like our perception of the thing. Like we're not really taught about the energetics of these emotions and how if you're, you know, they can emanate out of you and other people can take it in and amplify it and all of that stuff. Like it reminds me of at Burning Man, um, I did this big breathwork class. Like it was like in this giant pyramid, there was probably like 200 people. So that was the biggest breathwork class that like I had been in in person. And before, while we're waiting for it to start, you're at Burning Man, right? So everyone's like doing yoga and like talking and laughing with their friends and like so like jolly and happy. And then this breath work started and halfway through, they brought in these like prompts around like inner child and like, what would you say to like your your inner child self? Like, what do they need to hear? And then it's like, scream it. And everyone in this giant pyramid all of these people that were so happy and playful, like all of a sudden this just powerful emotion got so unleashed. Like everyone was crying. And I was just, I was so taken aback by like, wow, all of these people are so emotional. And it just was this like light bulb observation moment that we are such emotional beings. And the reason it stuck out to me is because we were at this party festival where everyone's laughing and dancing and all the things, right? So it's not a place where you are like expecting that much emotion to be right there under the surface, ready to just be unleashed, right? But, and, you know, seeing these older men in there, like crying and like hugging one another, it just was like, wow, like it's not just me and my like weird alien friends that are into human design. (laughs) Like it's everyone, we are all such deeply emotional beings. And for so long, we've been taught to hide that. No matter whether you're defined emotional or undefined emotional, we've been taught to hide our emotions. We've been taught that it's scary to feel them. It's scary to be felt feeling an emotion um, and that it's not safe. It's not normal, all of these things. And it made me realize that feeling our emotions and expressing our emotions and being this powerful emotional being, whether you're defined or not, is the most safe the most natural, the most beautiful, and the most spiritually expansive thing that we can tap in with. And, you know, it's like that emotional power, it's so powerful. And if you're not expressing and allowing a power like that to move through you, the way that it gets stuck in our body can do so much damage. So that's why for yourself, it's such a beautiful gift to give yourself to understand your emotional center and to process and experience and feel. But also then when we show up in relationship, we get to be this, this loving partner that knows how to navigate those experiences with more awareness. And I think that it's like the greatest, you know, win-win situation. Yeah. It's the, it's like that emotional charge is right under the surface um, ready to be unleashed. And if you don't have awareness of it, then you unleash it or you, you, you find ways to justify what you're feeling like you're saying, um, Mm -hmm. in ways that aren't healthy, like picking a fight or finding something wrong and then saying, that's why I'm upset because Mm -hmm. this thing sucks or because that person sucks or, or whatever. And I've observed it so much and it's hard with, you know, 
being a projector and, and waiting for the invitation, but also with people who <laughs> um, that don't have awareness of their their emotional centers, seeing the turmoil that they're in by having these strong emotions right under the surface and either stifling them down or then saying, like literally watching them pick fights in your family or with your friends and knowing that it's has nothing to do with whatever they're making a fight with. It's just an emotional charge trying to express emotions, but not having a healthy or aware outlet in which to take accountability and then do so. I was watching Married at First Sight, like a reality TV show. (laughs) We think we were both watching it and we texted each other about it. But anyways, one of the girls on the show, I swear to you, she had the the, uh, emotional wave, the individual wave. Because there's the tribal wave, there's the individual wave, and then there's the collective or abstract wave. And I swear this girl had the individual wave. So when you're in that crash or in that low, you just need alone time. You do not need another person asking you questions and sticking by your side. And like, it's you just helping you through it. Just need a bit of space. And so (laughs) on this like, you know, trashy reality TV show that like, I'm not sure how healthy is for the people on it with their mental health. Like, honestly, I've been thinking a lot about how some versions of reality TV show are like the new gladiator style entertainment where we just put them in the ringer and watch them suffer. But instead of physically, it's like perhaps psychologically or mental suffering or or emotional suffering. But anyway, only emotionally because they don't have awareness of their emotional centers. (laughs) So this girl on the show, like has this husband that's definitely, I would say, an undefined emotional being. And he's so emotional and so sensitive and so beautiful, right? But he just didn't understand what she needed because she didn't understand what she needed. So they're like in this fight, all they're like happy. And then all of a sudden she just goes into this low for no reason. And she's crying. And then he's like, what can I do? And like, what do I need? And I could just feel it right away. Like you need to leave, dude. And they literally broke up because of that fight yeah. where she just didn't understand what she, she wasn't even really sure why she was so emotional. And so he was confused and she was annoyed because she needed space. And I'm like, well, wow. and she was trying to find a reason why she was, right. Was emotional. And, and she's like, it must be something much. with him. <laughs> right. Exactly. So anyways, in that moment, I was thinking we are so blessed to literally have the roadmap of how to navigate this for you as a specific individual. What a blessing. What a gift. So with that, you know, as we move through the rest of this month, we really encourage you to focus on your emotional center, whether it's defined or undefined, to start practicing daily with these things that we've talked about, these tips that we've talked about. And when people around you, those that you love are having challenges or challenging conversations come up or even confrontation, see if you can be the emotionally grounded and emotionally aware person that holds space for the correct dynamic, for the correct processing, for the healthiest exchange of emotional energy between the two of you. And in doing that, we hope that you can really truly celebrate yourself and know that the fact that this specific topic, learning how to really use our solar plexus is the most important thing that we can do to help us evolve spiritually and move into a new paradigm. So keeping that in mind, celebrating the fact that you are someone who is making such a huge difference in the lives of those around you. The fact that you are listening to this podcast, the fact that you know how to process your own emotions, the fact that you want to show up as an emotionally grounded and emotionally mature person in your relationships, you are changing the frequency of this planet. So I really hope that you can celebrate yourself And we want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening to this. Thank you for being someone who wants to impart this emotional support and emotional awareness for yourself, but also for all of those in your life. Yes. And go out and feel all those emotions. Um, Cry, dance, do a cartwheel, (laughs) like do whatever feels good and nurturing. We're definitely not telling you, I hope by the end of this, you're not like, oh, emotionally grounded means like, just taking accountability and not feeling my, no, like go feel your emotions, go cry and scream and express it. Just don't blame or project or contort or hurt or shame. Yeah. I'm 
in love with the fact that we get to feel emotions so mm-hmm. deeply and it just keeps getting deeper and deeper and deeper. Like the well is infinite and I just love, I love it. I love it. So happy Venus retrograde. I'm in love with this season actually. And I'm sure that many people here listening are too. Yeah. We love you. Have a beautiful rest of your Leo season. And of course, you know where you can find everything of ours on daylunalife.com or on Instagram at dayluna. Our book, Your Human Design is everywhere. There's all the things, all the things, but I encourage you to tune in, start noticing what things are feeling like in your body and just give yourself some major credit for going on this journey and gratitude that you have access to this information to help you as we shift into this new paradigm. So we love you. Have a beautiful rest of your week.